Please Prep Me offers a sex-positive and judgment-free space to adult performers seeking prep services. We're here to support you, answer your questions about prep, sexual health, and HIV prevention. We can walk you through the process and refer you to a knowledgeable prep provider. We are here to help all genders, all sexes, whether they are insured or uninsured, and we are proud to contribute to self-empowerment through prep access. You're listening to Hot Points, adult industry insights and conversations. I'm your host, Five Star. So I'd like to start this episode off by talking about how difficult it's been for me to produce it. It's about a topic that's garnered much controversy in the industry this year, HIV prevention. At the risk of being misunderstood or taken out of context, I feel it's important to follow through with this discussion because there's some substantial medical advancements that have given performers more choices about their sexual health. There's been a lot of interest and discussion among performers I've worked with about relatively new treatment that can prevent you from contracting HIV. It's called PrEP, or pre-exposure prophylaxis. Not enough people know about it, how it works, or how to get it. That's why I met up with the founder of pleaseprepme.org, Shannon Weber. So I'm Shannon Weber, and I'm a social worker by training, and I'm based at the University of California at San Francisco. And I direct a program called pleaseprepme.org, which is a website that I founded four years ago that helps people access the HIV prevention pill PrEP. How did you get into advocacy for HIV and PrEP? Yeah, my background is in women's health. And I had done a lot of work in the space called perinatal HIV, which is helping women living with HIV who are pregnant. Mm -hmm. And there's been a huge success in that. So we've essentially eliminated perinatal HIV in the U.S. There's something like 53 cases of transmission the last time the CDC counted. And so really the next frontier in that reproductive health space was then helping HIV negative women have babies with HIV positive male partners. Now, like I said, certain topics around HIV have been pretty controversial. This year I attended the HIV panel at the AVN Internet Expo. One of the takeaways was that there's still a lot of questions and concerns about new HIV science among those who are putting their bodies on the line at work. In order to move past the controversy and into more constructive discussions about these issues, we need to be working from a common understanding. Here, Shannon lays out the widely accepted science around what circumstances are necessary for HIV transmission. Let's start by saying, in order for HIV transmission to occur, you have to have three things. One, you have to have virus present. So there has to be HIV. Two, there has to be an opening, our mouth, our anus, our vagina, or our front hole, Mm -hmm. or a needle stick, okay, or perinatal, having a baby. Three, there has to be an act that causes the transmission to occur. Let's go back to the one, HIV being present. We have data that came out around the same time as the science that showed us that PrEP was safe and highly effective, that showed us that people who are living with HIV who take their HIV medication and have an undetectable viral load do not pass on HIV to their sexual partners. And it's kind of wild. There were studies in both heterosexual men and women and also gay men. And there was 58,000 sex acts, which I think that's kind of exciting to think about all those orgasms. (laughs) And there were no transmissions that occurred when the partner living with HIV had an undetectable viral load. And so that's really powerful news about HIV transmission. So I go back to what are the three things you need to transmit or acquire HIV? One, there has to be virus present. So will someone who's living with HIV who has an undetectable viral load, they don't have virus present. Mm -hmm. So even with the opening or the portal and then the act to transmit, there's not going to be a transmission. You're missing one of the three things. 
So that's super empowering for people living with HIV and also super empowering for people who are in relationship with people who have HIV to be able to kind of broaden and have more nuanced conversations about HIV transmission. Mm -hmm. And then there needs to be some act. So you can't just have virus present and have a vagina. There has to be sex that occurs or, Mm -hmm. right? So there needs to be all three of these things that happen. The concept of undetectable equals untransmittable has been a point of tension in the industry. Most of this controversy was spurred by worries about how this new science would affect industry STD prevention protocols. The so-called straight side of the industry operates on a testing-required condom-optional model using the Performer Availability Screening Service, or PASS system. After the concept of U equals U entered the larger industry discussion around HIV, many performers became concerned about people with an undetectable viral load entering the testing pool. Responding to performer pressure, industry-sanctioned testing clinics decided to include an HIV antibody test on top of the highly sensitive, long-standing PCR RNA test. These actions helped maintain confidence in the past testing system and its policy of barring HIV-positive performers, including undetectable HIV-positive performers. In the months since the additional antibody tests were added by the clinics, no performers have tested positive. It's important to note that there have been no HIV transmissions on tested sets since 2004. It's undeniable that the topic of testing warrants more discussion, and I hope to talk about it in future episodes. Now that that's out of the way, let's talk about how performers can take direct control of HIV prevention. And so let's talk about PrEP. PrEP was approved by the FDA in 2012. And then there was guidelines that came out from the CDC in 2014. So I think even now it's still kind of referred to as a new HIV prevention Mm -hmm. method. So it's not necessarily saturated in the general population conversation and not necessarily every single provider knows about it. So sometimes we have to educate ourselves about it to be able to help our provider understand how it might work for us. And so how PrEP works is you take the HIV prevention medication in advance of a possible exposure, and then it's in your cells and it disrupts the HIV life cycle process. So it doesn't allow the HIV to replicate. Okay. So you need to take PrEP in advance of the exposure for people with vaginal exposure or front hole exposure, you take it 20 days in advance. Mm -hmm. And for people who only have anal exposure, you can take it seven days in advance. And that is because it takes a certain amount of time for the medication to build up a concentration level that is protective in that area. Because the way that the drug is metabolized, it gets to that concentration level in anal tissues faster. Okay. And it takes a little bit longer for vaginal or front hole or for general blood exposure. If someone decided they would like to get on PrEP, what is the process? So PrEP is a medication that you get by prescription, so you need to get it from a provider. And so then the costs that are associated with that, you need to think about the cost for the medical visit, the cost for the labs associated with getting PrEP, because the provider will run a series of labs to make sure you're HIV negative and to check your creatinine levels in your kidney and to check for STIs, and then also to pay for the medication. Any prescriber can prescribe PrEP. So we always suggest that folks start with their primary care or family planning provider because you don't have to have a specialty to prescribe PrEP. That doesn't mean that everyone is. We do have a directory of providers at pleaseprepme.org, and it's searchable, location, responsive. Directory can help provide a provider near you. And how long is a prescription for? Because I've talked to a few performers who have tried to get on PrEP and can only get a month-long prescription, which is a little hard for performers who are traveling a lot to kind of 
yep. prescription filled. So I've got some ideas for that. So the way that PrEP was rolled out is clinicians were counseled to do the screening in the beginning and give pers- the person one month prescription. They come back and they talk about any side effects and adherence and then thereafter give them the prescription ongoing for every three months. So you do go in four times a year for tests. People are looking at ways at making that more streamlined, and there's a lot of dialogue happening about how much of that's necessary. I hope in the future that we can look forward to people being able to get it with fewer visits. And you've seen some healthcare systems like Kaiser, for example, they're doing some of that um, remotely or over the phone. So you do your initial assessment and uptake, but then you can go get your labs without the provider visit. And if your labs are fine, you can get your refill. In terms of getting a longer than one month supply, that's based on your pharmacy coverage. So some pharmacies will only do one month at a time, but there are pharmacies that will do three months. So I think if you're traveling, it's worth figuring out how you can get the longer prescription refill. The other thing to think about is mail order, looking at pharmacies that have chains so that they're in locations across the country. So we people see people accessing it that way. There's also three telehealth providers that are providing it remotely. So Plush Care, Nurex, and Hey Mister. Awesome. So they're being able to help. That's not in every single state, but something like 17 states and whatnot. Mm-hmm. We have this information at Please Prep Me. Happy to help folks with that. And then we have also seen people use some strategies like getting refills at 25 days instead of 30 days, for example, and doing that consistently and being able to bank extra pills. Another thing that we understand people have done is ask for one time or maybe it's a once a year emergency supply for traveling so that you can have the backup for 30 days. So we like to help folks figure that out in advance. It's something to just plan for Mm -hmm. to make sure that you're not running out and it's not something you're stressing out about when you're on the road. How expensive is prep? Yeah, I looked that up. The list price says $1,700, though my friend just went a few weeks ago and it was $2,300 until- A month or- For one month until- Please prep me helped him to get the cost covered through a patient assistance program, and then it was zero. So I think the actual question, though, to be really transparent and honest with folks, how much does it cost? It's your doctor visit plus your labs plus the medication. So coming and working with someone like they're called prep navigators, and we do that through our online chat at Please Prep Me to help you figure out that those pieces is really helpful because it's not always easy to sort it out. And particularly if, if you're new to an insurance plan. But in California, as well as six other states, there's a prep assistance program through the state that helps people cover costs. Um, Gilead, who's the manufacturer of the medication, offers a medication assistance program and also a copay assistance program. And then there's three foundations that also help people cover the cost of the medication. So we really like to work with folks to get the costs down to as close to zero as possible. And in states where there's Medicaid expansion, it's quite possible to do that. Who should be taking PrEP? Anyone can take PrEP. It's anyone of any gender, gender identity, or sexual orientation can take PrEP. And I think like using the word should, it's kind of hard because I don't think we want to get into saying like this is a checklist of who it's for. And it's actually more important for us to understand the sex lives we're having, the sex lives we want to have, and what are the agreements we have with our partners in those different scenarios and what's going to work best in those situations. But I think you bring, you ask that question because it's important for us as, as women to understand that prep can be for us because we haven't been included in the marketing and the conversations in the same way. In many ways it's been focused on gay men when in fact transgender and cisgender women and trans men can also benefit from prep. 
part might be appropriate for people who have condomless sex, people who've had recent bacterial um, STIs, um, people who don't always have control over the other HIV prevention method, and I would just say specifically condom. So PrEP is a great option for someone who's a bottom to think about because mm -hmm. it's the first HIV prevention method that we actually have control over. We know if we're protected by it. Yeah. Uh, can you define bottom? Yeah. That's my general term for people who are the receptive partner. And does that mean receptive to what? A penis. Okay. I'm just trying to define it for people. It's a, it's a good question. Yeah. Does it work? I think it works. Do we need a new name? The, in the BDSM community, we use bottom as yes, just like you, a submissive. You're right. Or should we have a different term? Someone who's Maybe their like receptive partner. Receptive partner. Let's say receptive partner. Okay. So if you're the receptive partner through anal, vaginal, or front hole sex, so you're not necessarily the person negotiating condom use because even the insertive condom takes agreement and negotiation with your partner. Um, we'll specify that you're being penetrated by a penis. Right. When you're talking about receptive partner. Correct. Mm -hmm. I like this idea that you're talking about where you can have control over your own body by using PrEP because mm -hmm. it's your decision. I think so often if you think about rewinding this conversation however many years ago, but at least five, the conversation is always about condom use. Mm -hmm. And like how did that feel if you're the receptive partner always being counseled about your prevention message about condom use and being asked how many times condoms are used like where do we have control over that mm -hmm. and so this is like a very disruptive technology in that it changes the conversation that we have with our provider and also with our partners because now we have these options u equals u pep post-exposure prophylaxis which is taking hiv prevention medication after you've been exposed to hiv i've heard of PEP a lot. Did that come out before PrEP? Yeah. PEP has been around. I actually don't know when it first came out, but for several decades, it's used a lot for occupational exposure. So if there's needle sticks on the jaw, but it's increasingly used for what's called NPEP or a non-occupational exposure, which is an exposure that happens in the community. So after sex or after, you know, sharing needles, PEP was always there. It just wasn't used as much. Mm -hmm. And now that we're getting more access to the prescription and like understanding different options people have, it's more on the table. But now there are those options that are in the hands of the receptive partner. You're in control of your own body if you. And you know if it's used. Right. Because you took the pill. That's pretty powerful. I think it's amazing. I think it makes conversations longer and more challenging, both with our provider and with our partners. Mm -hmm. It's an awesome new space to be in. It's much more empowering in so many ways. So let's talk about the side effects. So in the clinical studies, there were a small percentage, less than 10% of people who had nausea and headache, which is called startup syndrome mm -hmm. within the first few weeks or month. It's interesting to note in the studies, the people who took placebo also had the same side effects. Oh, interesting. Yes. Um, I could say though, I was in a study and took PrEP and I did get nausea at the beginning. So one thing was important is I was counseled about that in advance. So it's good to strategize with your partner or your PrEP navigator. If you end up working with a PrEP navigator to figure out the health insurance coverage, they'll often help you think these things through. And over-the-counter medication can be helpful mm -hmm. in mitigating the effects of the startup syndrome. And if it's anything beyond that, you should be talking with your provider anyways. And then in terms of long-term side effects, there's a small number of people, less than 1%, that have kidney issues. And the kidney is one of the labs that's done to monitor the effect. And mm -hmm. so the provider will be keeping an eye on that. 
And how often do you have to get labs done? That's every three months. Okay. I've talked to some performers that experience like upset stomach. Yeah. Like that. Um, does that last? Is that just a onboarding kind of symptom? Yep, that's startup syndrome. So okay. people say it's usually less than a month. And then I would just say kind of in the world of the conversations I've had, it's often less than two weeks. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and pe- other ways to mitigate that are taking the pill at the same time every day. Some people take it with food. Some people find that taking it before they go to sleep impacts that a great resource for this also is this prep facts facebook group mm-hmm. there's over twenty thousand folks in this private facebook group and it's super sex positive community that's largely gay men that they're very welcoming of women and people of non-binary experience and it's awesome to go in there and get ideas and tips from folks and they're like people are super responsive from all over the world and we'll share tips with how to deal with it this small number of folks who get side effects. Awesome. Uh, PrEP seems like a relatively new kind of um, drug and therapy, or I don't know what you would call it. Yeah, people call it a treatment or a medication, but actually it's the same uh, medication that's used for HIV treatment. Mm-hmm. It's um, the current, currently the only approved drug is called Truvada, and it's a drug that's been used for HIV treatment for a long time. So there's actually quite a bit known about it in terms of the safety and the side effects. What was new is that it was shown to be effective for prevention as well. Okay. So that was the new piece, but it's not that it's a new drug per se. It's a new use for a drug that's been used for a long time. And how does a PrEP affect women differently than men? That's a great question. So PrEP is safe and effective for women. Mm -hmm. And the difference for people with vaginas or front holes is that we need to take the medication for a longer period in advance of the possible exposure so that we reach the concentration levels Mm -hmm. in our vagina or front hole so that we're protected. So that's one of the differences. A second difference is that it looks like the vagina or front hole is less forgiving to missed doses. So we've learned in recent years that for people who only have anal sex, if they take four or more pills a week, they're protected. But for people with vagina or front hole exposure, we need to take that pill six or seven days a week. So there's less forgiveness there as well. It's not a scientific difference, but a difference is, is that we haven't had the same amount of communication. So we don't have the same dialogue. We don't have the same materials. We don't have the same kind of scripts built out for conversations. And the conversations are a little bit different for us. Mm-hmm. And so we don't have that same level of, I think, acceptance and comfort with talking about it that people in the gay male community have. What are the studies around trans people and prep? In the original study that showed that PrEP was effective, I think it was 13% of the participants were trans women. And for people who who were trans women who took the medication, they were protected from getting HIV. There were no studies of trans men done to date, though there are three what are called demonstration projects. And a demonstration project is a study that's done after something's been shown to be effective. Mm -hmm. And so they're not studying if it works or not. They're studying how it works in this community or in this program. And so those three of those studies that are underway in California right now, so I think in the next 18 months to 24 months, we'll have more information. A recent study came out that showed that for trans women, there was no effect on PrEP with feminizing hormones. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we feel confident in recommending that PrEP is a good option for people of trans experience and to do that in a trans-friendly clinic. And we would love to help people find a place where they can get gender-affirming services along with their PrEP so that it's trans-competent. And we want more information for people of trans experience and think that it's important to push on 
community groups and researchers to make sure that we get more data. And I think maybe we should we should talk about Please Prep Me now. Please Prep Me. We, we're turning four next month, uh-huh. June of 2019. Please Prep Me. Happy birthday. A Gemini baby. <laughs> yes. So am I. Oh, me too. Oh, awesome. Um, so we started as a directory of providers. So I was super interested in mapping who were the early providers of PrEP and making sure women and trans women were included mm-hmm. in those prescriptions. And then that was just for California. And then we helped build the national directory. We've built online resource pages for each of the 50 states. And then two years ago, we launched this online chat navigation. The navigation refers to someone helping you figure out the healthcare system and helping with the decision process of whether or not PrEP is right for you. So we love talking with people wherever they are in their decision-making process. We just had our first self-identified virgin come on the other day, which is awesome. We talk with high school students all the time. The oldest person we've talked to is 73 years old and people with all kinds of different partnership arrangements and ways in which they want to have sex and helping them to see what method is right for them. And if PrEP is the right method or PEP, so a biomedical prevention is what it's called, so something in which you need a prescription, then we work with you to figure out what's a way you can get that for the lowest cost. And again, in California, we're Medicaid expanded state, and there's these patient assistance options, including the PrEP assistance program from the state. There's so many ways we can help someone get covered. It does take some jumping through hoops, and it's nice to have someone who's sex positive supporting you to do that. Uh, I have to admit, I was stalking Please Prep Me and I ended up talking to Charlie. Charlie is the world's greatest human. (laughs) On the chat and uh, they were very nice Mm -hmm. and very accommodating to my questions. I was just going to the site like I wanted to get information and they just kind of answered everything very matter of factly and, and very pleasantly. Yeah, they're amazing. We have a sexual health coaching model, and Charlie really embodies this warm regard and meeting someone where they're at mm-hmm. in such a beautiful way. Awesome. And is that chat service available 24-7, or is there times? It's 9 to 5, Monday through Friday. We tested being open at different times, but interestingly enough, people come the most during that time. I think people like coming on their work time, which is mm-hmm. kind of funny. And it's in English and Spanish, which is important to know, and our entire website is in English and Spanish. And we just launched the chat for Arizona too. Awesome. Mm-hmm. So you cover California and Arizona. Give a little tip to your listeners. If you go on there and you're in another state, it won't pop up for you like a live chat, but there's going to be a little envelope there and you can fill out. If it's Monday through Friday, nine to five Pacific time, it will still ultimately pop up or you'll get and you'll get Charlie or one of us, whoever's womaning, manning or personing the um, chat. And if it's off hours, it will send us an email. And so we can still reply to folks during business hours. So if you're not in California or Arizona, you can still get information at pleaseprepme.org. Yes. Uh, or dot org. If you go to .com, it'll convert over to .org. Okay. Pleaseprepme.org. Mm-hmm. <laughs> A lot of people who work in the adult industry experience discrimination and stigma. What is Please Prep Me's policy um, around sex workers. You know, I actually got a quote for you from Charlie because you'd given me that question. So may I read it? Yes. Please prep me offers a sex positive and judgment free space to adult performers seeking prep services. We're here to support you, answer your questions about prep, sexual health and HIV prevention. We can walk you through the process and refer you to a knowledgeable prep provider. We are here to help all genders, all sexes, whether they are insured or uninsured. And we are proud to contribute to self-empowerment through prep access. Awesome. That's what Charlie says. Amazing. Mm -hmm. And you agree? Oh, absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, we're happy to help a lot of folks who come and visit us. 
experience internal or external stigma in some way. And I love being in that space of connecting people who are not already in a space that they have what they need and they're looking for something. Mm -hmm. And you can chat anonymously. And in this format, people share you know, intimate and beautiful things with us. And it feels like a real privilege to be able to have people's trust and connect in that way. So we would really love to help folks wherever they are in their process, you know, on their journey and meeting their goals. Um, I'm going to go a little off the questions here and kind of, um, I think I want to like play a little devil's advocate. Okay. Play <laughs> devil's advocate. So what would you say to people who feel like prep is kind of a commercialization, capitalistic way for pharmaceutical companies to make money? You know, there's a point to that. I think it's important to sit with that and grapple with it. And I think that in doing this work, we have to sit with our role in that. And there's a lot of people who don't want to take a pill or don't want to take medication, which I also get. There's people who don't want to be involved with a provider or the healthcare system for various reasons. And I get that. And so there are other options available. And this is where it's beautiful to have the options and walk them through. Mm -hmm. And ultimately what feels the safest and most empowering to someone is the right thing. But I completely understand, you know, the apprehension that people have, the mistrust of this biomedical approach or a, a medical approach, especially in the space where we have so many biases and assumptions that contribute to people's poor health co outcomes too. So it's like a very interesting space to sit in. And so I, I would not discount that. I would want to sit with someone and just be really uncomfortable and still help sort out what's the best choice for them. Do you feel like you're marketing for a pharmaceutical company? I don't. I think if you look at the marketing for the pharmaceutical company, it looks quite different than what we're doing. We have this sexual health approach and are really about people. We see sex as a valuable way that we connect as humans. And it's a part of our expression of who we are as human beings. And so Please Prep Me did come out of this new opportunity, this new dialogue around this expanded HIV prevention paradigm. And for me, it's really about sex and human connection and how that defines who we are in the world. And so we see what we do as sexual health coaching, helping people sort out what's right for them. There might be people out there that might think that you're on Gilead's payroll. The University of California, San Francisco, I'm in the Department of Family Community Medicine, and we're not allowed in our department to have pharmaceutical money. So I've never had any salary support that comes from pharmaceutical company. Please Prep Me did receive two different community grants from Gilead, one that helped start the directory and the second one that helped to build the state resource pages. So with that, I was able to hire people to do that work. For the last two years, Please Prep Me is completely supported by the state of California, the National Library of Medicine, the National Coalition of STD Directors, and now the Arizona Department of Health. Um, so anyway, so that's just one about the funding. And it's important to ask people where their funding comes from. And I'm super happy to be transparent about that. And we, our funders listed on our website. I think that's an important part of figuring out how you trust a uh, information and resources. So the science tells us that PrEP is effective. And then for me, I think the belief part comes in and like that options are, having options is valuable. So the expanded HIV prevention toolkit's important. I also want to point out for people who are interested, there's a lot of dialogue going along on right now online about Gilead. There was just a hearing in Congress. So folks could look up there's a group called Prep for All that's been advocating around expanded access to prep. 
There's a writer named Ben Ryan who wrote up a great blog about the congressional hearings. Folks could learn more and find more. And if that's an important part of the advocacy that they want to do, there's great groups they could join. There's a lot of stigma around the adult industry mm-hmm. and we are starting to, or we have been experiencing censorship and it feels like it's increasing more um, no. on oh, the right, social right, right. media platforms. Oh, got it. Yes. Specifically Instagram. And a lot of performers are losing their accounts mm-hmm. or having their posts deleted. I'm curious what kind of censorship you're encountering because you're basically a sex education organization ultimately. First of all, I would have to say it's a shame that the people who pioneered the internet are now getting censored. The irony of that all. (laughs) (laughs) So Laura is the coordinator at Please Prep Me and and does our online ads, but we've had some of our online ads booted from Instagram and Facebook, which we don't completely understand. And then there's been issues in the algorithm for the PrepVacs Facebook group and how people can talk about sex online. It's like, it's already annoying that you have to deal with the man in that way with how you're placing the ads and where you end up in the algorithm anyways. And we already put a lot of effort into our language to be non-judgmental and sex positive. And then to find out that this algorithm or this machine has decided that that language is inappropriate when it's actually public health. I think that's very scary because mm-hmm. the service you're trying to provide is actually healthcare education. It's very troubling. And all the algorithm stuff is very troubling too. Like I think how much we want to be of service to people who are not already connected with something that feels supportive to them. It feels like this underground like cave hiking experiment to get through the interwebs to find folks. Why can't if someone's searching for these things, they land Mm -hmm. on the website that can help them? What was the original critiques of PrEP? People are going to have a lot of sex without our permission. How shocking is that? That must not shock you at all. (laughs) (laughs) So people aren't up for it. It it was called risk compensation. If you give people prep, they're going to go fuck all they want to. People have been doing that without your permission this whole time anyways. The public likes to regulate women's bodies. So my God, that women would be able to have sex and feel empowered. That Mm -hmm. like is against the culture norms, right? And that gay men would feel free to have all the sex they want and not fear dying. And are you still um, seeing that kind of attitude out in the world? You see that in new areas. So whether that's a new place in the U.S. that's just now embracing PrEP or it's getting to that area, whether it's like a place that's lower prevalent so they haven't embraced it or a more rural area, it's a richer, more beautiful conversation, but it's also a more mature and a more challenging conversation to have. So this takes new skill set. It takes new language. It also takes new commitment from people. And not everyone is committed to a conversation about about people's sexual empowerment and sexual health. People have to set aside old things that they learned about HIV when there was not a lot of scientific information. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of relearning and accepting new science. Yep, we have to let an old story die and go into a new space. It's big change, and that isn't always easy. But we have to because the science is there. It's a human rights and social justice issue. Mm -hmm. If that's the space that we're in, that we show up for other people in this way. And ultimately, it's empowering ourselves and the people we care about to have more empowering and nuanced sex lives. I love that. To close, anything you want to say about Please Prep Me? Yeah, so Please Prep Me aims to be your home for HIV prevention access. And we are thrilled to talk with you about what options are available, what is the sex life that you want to have, and how can you reach those goals? 
And if any performers have any questions or if any performer groups or production companies or agents have any questions, what should they do? They should come on our chat, reach out, ask your question. Um, and if it's after nine to five, submit through the little offline form and we're there for you. And do you give any talks or um, presentations or anything? We do talks. We make videos. I made a whole series of videos last year, one every week. So it's called 52 Questions. That already answers a lot of frequently asked questions we can send to folks. Charlie makes a video every Wednesday. We can answer questions for folks. We make contributions to people's blogs or this podcast. We're so really happy to be in dialogue. And I also appreciate all I learned from you today. So we're always happy to be learning from folks ourselves. Well, thank you so much for talking with me today about this. I think it's a really important topic and one that a lot of performers have been asking me about or a lot of discussions have been happening on set. And I think that it's a good starting place. I'm so glad we had this conversation. And I think the adult industry pioneers so much of the culture shifts. And so I'm also really grateful for you and people like you that are doing this work and expanding the conversation. Well, I'm happy to. And thank you very much. Thank you to Shannon Weber for this info-packed interview about HIV prevention and for making her and her organization, pleaseprepme.org, available to the adult industry. Again, that website is P-L-E-A-S-E-P-R-E-P-M-E.org. Please consider this episode a starting off point for future discussion. I hope to include more voices on the topic of HIV and STD prevention in future episodes. Thank you for listening.